welcome to the Dog Zone 9000. I'm TV's Sean Baby from the internet. And I'm joined, he's feeling sick, but ready to punch dicks, Robert Brockway. I'm here with the Brockway fact. <laughs> uh, I once stole a car worth $1.3 million, and the owner thought what I did with it was so hilarious, they did not press charges. No follow-up questions. You, oh, goddammit. <laughs> and uh, our guest today, he is a novelist. The wise Yoda of the internet, the legendary cracked editor, Jason Pargen. Gotta say, this is another episode that I am nervous about, knowing the subject matter. And I've, I've said that before, that sometimes I feel like you, we dance too close to the edge of danger. This is mm-hmm. very much in that category. This is balls deep in dance danger. Dance too Absolutely. close to the edge of danger was my favorite song off the Bloodsport soundtrack. <laughs> This is, for, for those who have not seen the, the title of this episode, uh, we are at least later going to be discussing the modern ninja master Frank Dukes, who claims that he did ninja work on behalf of the United States intelligence agencies mm-hmm. for years and whose life was uh, the basis of the movie Bloodsport. And that's what I'm worried about because there is no way, Sean, Brockway, either one of you can say with 100% certainty that Frank Dukes is not in the room with you right now. That's 100% true, I think yes. he's on this podcast. That's what I'm worried about, is that halfway Somehow. through we're just going to get, you fucked up, motherfucker, and then like... I've been here for every episode, okay? I'm Frank <laughs> Dukes, okay? I, they made Bloodsport about me. You're not in the fucking Navy SEALs training manual, okay? Because <laughs> we had spoken on a previous episode about that we suspected he had a cracked column about that you wrote mocking him many years uh-huh. ago taken down yeah it was 100 percent. the easiest thing in the world to do is to get a cracked.com column taken down well see i thought it was due to some sort of a legal threat but i actually dug into it and they came back and said no that article that file just disappeared from the server mm, yeah and i said yeah. well how is that even possible like you would have to be there in the server room in person to delete it off you know and they said, well, yeah, we don't know because, like, that server is housed in an actual <laughs> fortress on, like, a cliffside. There's no way any human could have gotten in and out undetected, and it has to be some sort of a, a Not glitch. Unless they were the best. Frank Duke's just curled up into a little ball looking exactly like a server. People walking past him. <laughs> they has got were a like server the, the, jacket on. The exact quote from the host, the, 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 uh, the web host, was that it would have to be, like, some sort of a human shadow who can mm. who can just move like the wind. And now they did say they had three guards turn up dead that next morning, but they thought right. that was unrelated. Yeah, that <laughs> happened all the time in the cracked headquarters. It is suspicious. Um, all they saw was like there was like a dissipating, like a smoke cloud, like some sort of smoke bomb had gone off, but they said they, they were sure that was didn't have anything to do with it. And they, they heard like soft pitter-patter of footsteps running away, and that was it. Soft pitter-patter of ninja footsteps. To be clear, we are talking about modern Frank Dukes now. Yes. We're like today, like this week, Frank Dukes. Yeah. Um, Jason, before uh, we begin, could you like make some announcements about who you are and how Frank Dukes could find you and see more of your work? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, I am a full-time writer of novels. The last one is called Zoe Punches the Future and the Dick. It will be out in paperback this fall or is out on hardcover if you're willing to shell out the extra money for it. The next book is out next year. Otherwise, I write more serious columns at Substack. 
jasonpargen.substack.com. And that's just it's just a blogging platform that emails the columns to you, same as Patreon does, if you want if you want that. And you can be heard on every other podcast as well. Of course, yes. Professional podcast guest. Uh, I'm seriously on like two podcasts a week. <laughs> it's 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 hard to overstate how many podcasts I'm on. I did like your new Substack. Uh, you do a good job, I think, of sort of uh, I don't know speaking maniac. I guess like like uh, like the conservative messaging that tends to filter through to to my bubble is so deranged by the time it gets to me that it's hard to like remember that some of those people are real people. You know what I mean? And you always have like a good perspective to sort of say, yeah, the doofuses you see are there, but. Yeah, this is uh, high difficulty, I feel, whenever we bring you on with something like conservative thinking adjacent. It's real, yes. it gets real crazy. This is some real deep, <laughs> deep maniac talk. This is pro-level <laughs> maniac. By the way, I'm sorry. I have to stop. I have to, to bring the entire podcast to a screeching halt right now. <laughs> Let's do it. Because I just, I just saw an image on, on Twitter, and I promised I'm not going to keep interrupting. But, okay, apparently at the time this is going on, at the at the time we're recording this, the guy, the baby from the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind yes. album. Yeah, if those of you too old to own that album, it was a photo of a, a a baby underwater, like a naked male baby, and it was swimming after a, a dollar bill. Which, when I was fourteen, I thought that was like incredibly deep. Um, but the the model for that baby is now today, obviously an adult. That album came out thirty years ago, and is suing for child sexual exploitation that he claiming he, yeah. he was an infant at the time and was not able to give consent to that photo being taken. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, <laughs> but the reason I'm bringing it up is not to discuss that, that you, you guys like the, you listeners, you can discuss it on your own, but the issue is, is that the news story on TMZ about the, the lawsuit, it has the iconic album cover but they put a little black censorship box over the baby's penis. Just incredible. So a photo that I never in my entire life ever perceived as dirty or sexual or anything else. It's an infant. It is now. Yeah. That black box makes that <laughs> photo seem like a felony. It makes me yeah. like afraid to have it on my computer screen. For some reason, the censorship is so much worse than if it was just... Oh, it's yeah. the baby's genitals. And it's as a, a piece shit. of art, like you talk about how you thought it was deep at 14 years old. The baby is like, you know, entering capitalism. But like throwing that censorship bar on the baby is just like, oh, this baby is entering like this, this world of like fucking hypocrisy and stupidity that like is limitless. Like it's, it's stronger art than it was uh, before. He, he has spent the last, I don't know, tw what is it? 30 Five years? Oh my God! How however long it has been right. since that that was taken? Thirty years. Uh, he has spent the entirety of that time making his living off of that, or at least yeah. trying oh, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. He's an artist, and yeah, and he's he's all of his professional connections and everything came from that. So anyway, I'm sorry to to have derailed the podcast with that. I just I find that image fascinating because it's a case where the effort to try to sanitize it makes it profane I, I don't know that that yeah and uh that this guy has like literally been signing posters of him recreating that scene as an adult like it's got to fuck up the grift when when you've been sort of you know whatever writing on the coattails of that 
and trying to make money off of that and then all of a sudden be like oh yeah also that thing was super bad and certainly uh, the money. posters certainly the poster grift is over right like you can't yeah, it's gotta you can't be over. keep doing it after the lawsuit where you're like, like well i'm gonna do this fun thing he recreated the photo wearing like swim trunks he's not right but even then <laughs> like if he's saying this was child pornography you can't then continue to sell like a fun take Oh, I know. I, I was trying to correct the mental image the listeners had in their mind of this guy swimming with his hog <laughs> hanging out right. because that would be the weirdest possible thing to do. <laughs> like, it's but like, I, it's me, the Nirvana baby, all going up. Uh, you can get it on a mug. Get a remember, child molestation mug. You remember this famous dick, don't you? <laughs> what happened to that dick? We, we checked in. We found the Nirvana baby's dick. It nearly doubled in size. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Jason's like, oh, I didn't know we were doing dick jokes. This uh, is bullshit. Uh, okay. You can, cut, do, uh, you can cut all cut, this out if we'll you want. I, I have, I I have severe great. attention no, deficit problems, and this is you're all paying for it. He's, he sort of seems like, like spiritually aligned with Frank Dukes in that he just shamelessly will do anything to make money and including lawsuits. I was going to make a joke about how you, there's no way you would have a perfectly smooth segue from the Nirvana baby's dick to Frank Dukes podcast, but here you go. Good job. A lot of people say I'm the best. I don't, I don't know if they're right. Uh, Today we are going to talk about uh, Frank Dukes today. Like when did this uh, podcast come out that we were listening to? It was, it was like, Maybe last year, maybe this year. It's okay. certainly within the last year. This is modern right. day Frank Dukes on a modern day ninjutsu podcast uh, brought to our attention by Mr. Penguin Man from the Discord. Thank you, Mr. Penguin Man, for seeing this just fucking lunacy and thinking of us first. So but to back up, for, for the people, because again, some of the people listening to this literally have never heard the name Frank Dukes before right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like sure, long-time possible. fans of... One nine hundred hot dog, like you've brought him up a few times. But for those of the you who are totally unfamiliar, Sean, if you could summarize why you know this guy's name, okay, <laughs> and how he is famous in his within his circle, that would be that would probably be helpful. Okay, you're right. Um, so Frank Dukes, uh, in the very early '80s, was like a karate magazine man, like just a pretty standard like taekwondo guy that would do articles on like the coolest spin kicks you can do. Uh, and so then he realized uh, that he could sort of add elements to the story and no one cared. So he became like a Taekwondo guy who was also like maybe a special forces guy, maybe a super spy. And then he decided to go all out and said, I was part of a of a gajillion man secret underground martial arts tournament in a sealed off temple city inside of Hong Kong. And I won. Uh, I'm actually the greatest fighter who's ever lived. Uh, and... You just can't find any record of it because that's how secret the tournament is. First man, the first Western man, they made it a, you know, a huge deal out of honor and gave him like a special sword. Yes. He set all the records. Uh, and the thing to note about Frank Dukes is he's a terrible liar. So a lot of the records he gave himself were uh, provably fake just by common sense or math. So he said uh, in one tournament, he uh, knocked out 56 consecutive people, which... Anyone who's ever done a single elimination tournament knows that that number puts it far, far above the entirety of the world's population, many magnitudes over. 
So, all of human history, uh, I believe. Was, of, was the yeah, map. I think it's way, way more than all of human history. You'd have to compete against like the dogs and chickens. To so get, he's the reigning champion and, of everyone that shall ever live. Right. And uh, he had 329 matches in two tournaments, uh, which again seems insane. That's like more than a lifetime of the most prolific fighters. Uh, he said he had the fastest kick with a knockout at 72 miles an hour, which implies that in the early 80s, ancient Tibetan monks had like radar guns pointed at each of your limbs during fights and had and kept sports records for like <laughs> each of the blows that did a knockout with the speed next to it. Uh, so again, like even today, do they do that? Is there does that technology oh yeah. even exist now? Oh, the technology is much better now. Like um, they have like cyber robots on the edge of each of the Kumite mats and they just they measure full kinetics of of every competitor they measure your chi power in every blow yeah uh and that's pretty good and your lung capacity everything and frank dukes is such a bad liar he said he had more chi power than the entire human race in all of human history <laughs> so obviously this was very very stupid but in the 80s we did not have a filter for it so when someone said i'm actually a magic ninja they said, everyone said, oh my God, that's Holy amazing. Shit. Can, we, can we make a movie about you? And so they made Bloodsport, which is no bullshit. One of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, if, if lying led to it, then I think I'm okay with it. Like, I think the end justifies all means. So I love Frank Dukes for giving us Bloodsport, but he's a very stupid liar. And uh, he's very, like, mega-brained so that he, he kind of knows he's right even when he knows he made it all up so when someone says hey that's stupid that didn't happen he'll sue them and seems enthusiastic about like destroying their lives for daring to question the obvious lie yeah so, he's hyper aggressive um, about defending this ever escalating series of lies that continues to this day right defending this guess, mountain of lies i i do want to talk about that right off the bat just try to get inside the head of a guy who what, 30, 40 years ago, made up a story. People believed it. And then it, it, almost overnight after Bloodsport, I was like, wait a second, this is this can't possibly be true. Right, they and showed now, it to course, audiences. And then somebody in the audience was like, wait, wait, all of that's dumb, though. Yeah. Like, find the Finally one person. Great movie. No notes on the movie. I just, except for the based on a true story part. I think, so, uh, so Frank Dukes, uh, like you'll, he's got that mentality of like a flat earther uh, where, it takes a whole lot of conspiracies to make what they say true. And at this point, if he said to everybody, okay, guys, look, I'm sorry, I'm a dickhead. I made it all up. Like 2% of the people in the world would like hear that and go, oh, wow, what a great guy. 98% of the people would miss it. It would be like some news blip that would last half a day on a Twitter feed, right? Um, they'd go on with the rest of their lives knowing full well that Bloodsport was a stupid lie from a stupid liar who never came clean. Now, that's just in the regular world. He makes no impact. But literally everyone in his life would feel so betrayed and hate him. So at this point, there's no way for him to say, like, guys, uh, I fucked up. Like, he has to keep this lie going until he dies. It would topple his entire vast network of people who have, like, built their mountains of lies on the foundation right. of lies that he has laid these exactly. have become like generational lies that people are building entire livelihoods on. So if, if so his lies crumble, 
then all the lies crumble. All the lies crumble. So, so like you, today, is he profiting from this? Does he run a school? Does he teach? What, what's his? How? Or is it just something he so. does? So, as like an yeah, ego he runs thing. a school. Uh, I saw an ad for his school on digging through so the he, Facebook page of this podcast, the Ninjutsu Facebook page. And I saw an ad for a school for Duke's Ryu that said, uh, Alpha's only, Beta's next door. Nice. So there's got to be a beta school next door. So he is he is a professional martial artist. Like what what of his accolades are true? Like what is what is the stuff that is actually verifiable? Okay, I think he probably has um, like a black belt in taekwondo. Um, I don't think I can verify anything else. I think whatever you get in ninjutsu i think he has that like if they have black belts in ninjutsu he probably has that but i mean you can give that to an eight-year-old nothing that means literally anything uh some of the frank dukes like demonstrations are really funny because they're sort of like uh carny feats of strength like he'll do something like he'll he'll punch through bulletproof glass but it's not like verified in any verifiable way so it's just like yeah this is totally bulletproof glass and then he punches through it and you're like that sure didn't look like bulletproof glass and you're like ta-da i did it uh, there was a sequence on That's Incredible that I loved as a kid where he uh, had like a kid uh, in a wheelchair in his uh, ninjutsu class. And he's just like this kid. He's like, yeah, I love ninjutsu. Um, Frank Dukes is, you know, changing my life. And you're like, this is such a beautiful story. And then Frank Dukes like always fucking takes it too far. He said that he has these ancient massage techniques to fucking make his nerves better and he's like rubbing <laughs> this kid's leg and you're like no they're not gonna do it but yes they do where he fucking says yeah i'm gonna use my ninjutsu to help this kid walk and he pulls the kid out of the wheelchair using just like core strength and the kid is dangling from him like like a elephant seal like his his toes are rubbing top side down on the floor and he's literally being dragged across the floor while the entire class cheers now if you looked at this like he was a magic ninja you might be like, wow, he's he's kind of helping that guy walk. But looking at this with any cynicism, you're like, he's he's dragging this kid across the fucking floor. <laughs> Does that and, clip exist on YouTube or yeah, somewhere? Yeah, look it up. It's amazing. Oh the mom is crying and everything. And it's, it's fucking uh, hilarious. Because he always goes so far that like that you know it's a lie now. Before you're like, well, maybe ninja magic exists and he taught this kid to walk. But nope, they... They lingered on it too much. There's another one I love where it's uh, pretty modern, like Frank Deuce is an old man, and he puts on this blindfold, and he gets in this other guy's face, and he's just like, I'm just going to move with you. And so the other guy starts like moving around like like he's doing his karate footwork, and Frank Deuce is matching him step for step with his blindfold on. And you're like, okay, what? He can probably just see through the blindfold, right? And... Sure enough, he, he's stepping with him and he does this for like 30 seconds to like the delight of no one. Everyone's like, yeah, what, what am I fucking looking at? He's just kind of waltzing with the guy. And then Frank Dukes like goes too far. He turns his back to him and he's like, I'm going to do this backwards. But he still turns his head and points his eyeballs at him just to demonstrate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just looking through this blindfold. And so again, you're like, ah. the, the most obvious thing is probably what's going on. And he's, and that's the thing. If, if you're surrounded by a bunch of little kids who think magic is real, then sure, you, they'll be like, I can't believe it. he's blindfolded, but he can still see where the man is. But anyone else is like, yeah, I, get, I think you could just make out that dude's shadow through the... Yeah, yes, nothing. And so he's been keeping up this game for 
So getting close to the, the lifespan of the, the three people on this podcast, like basically as long as we've been alive, he's been doing this, this act. Yes. A lifetime of ninja lies. <laughs> and think of, all the things, of think of all the things we've done in our life and then think how Frank Dukes is just trying to convince us that the one lie he started at the beginning of our life was real. It's in, in a way, it's crushingly sad. And in another that, way, uh, it's powerfully inspiring. <laughs> he, just, he got blood. We got blood sport out of it. You can't take blood sport away. Because that brings us to yeah. today when I, Sean sent me a link to Frank Dukes appearing on a podcast that is a ninjutsu podcast. It turns out it is a thing. And we're going to go through it almost with forensic detail. <laughs> I can't wait. But it is a, it's like an hour long conversation that is a fascinating little insight into the subculture because the, the host like regards Frank Dukes as an absolute legend. Right. With the, you know, with the awe that you would talk to someone if you actually thought they could do all of this stuff, that they had spent years doing ninja stuff for intelligence agencies and, and stuff like that. And you like finally got to talk to that person in real life. You would be, you'd be honored. So it is fascinating. And then I and that never goes up. away. That, that starstruck, like initial, like, oh my God, I'm really talking to Frank Dukes. It never goes away. Yeah, and you realize that there's this circle of people who believe in him so much. And then I went and looked at the Ninjutsu Podcast's Facebook page, <laughs> and it made me so sad that I had to like turn it off and get off the computer for a while because it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of like white nerdy kids who are, are learning Ninjutsu via podcast, I guess. Yeah. And have bought like ninja swords and stuff, and they're and they are posting photos of themselves and like their small and sometimes very messy apartments, like holding their ninja swords. And well, to be fair, the clutter in the apartment would help a ninja hide. That's true, and for all I know, that's that's part of it. Because uh, if you know, if someone invades your apartment, you could like hide in the shadows. He's got. He's got shuriken hidden in like each of those McDonald's wrappers. So this is a subculture that I did not know was a thing. And in fact, I may be using, they're calling it ninjutsu. I'm immediately equating this to like ninjas from, you know, 80s movies and that they're teaching Mm -hmm. you how to be one of those. Maybe that's completely unfair. I actually don't know. I got the idea from the podcast that they sort of hate that shit, that they thought that was like commercialization of their like traditional martial arts okay but again i i I look in a lot of subcultures like i really like youtube videos on video game speed running uh sometimes i'll like do a deep dive into something like nfts just to be like what the fuck are these guys doing and i don't think i've ever seen a subculture sew up its own ass that like uh it just seems impenetrable i cannot figure out what they're talking about for most of this podcast and like preliminary research did not help i'm just like i i don't know who they're mad at I don't know uh, how they keep this grift going. There's it's- a there's a part later where I started listening to this and I was like, from from like episode titles that were very wholesome. They had episode titles like, I've got a black belt in uniform. Time to do ninja stuff. It's like, oh, like these guys are really into whatever their hobby is. And like, it's okay. pretend and that's fine. It's there are worse things to do. Yeah. And then I wanted them to sort of enjoy their enthusiasm. I get into this podcast and this. So much of this podcast, if not the entirety of this podcast, is them just explaining their various infights to each other and who they hate. Uh-huh. 
and why the they are the embodiment of everything you should hate in the world. And you have no idea, you have no context for who these other like rival ninja schools that none of them exist in, in a very technical sense. But they all hate each other completely. And there's a line, I think probably three quarters of the way through this podcast where he says something like, and you know, one of these days, well, on one of these podcasts, we'll get to like what we love about ninjutsu. <laughs> but after, they're like several episodes into this podcast and they have not talked once about like what ninjutsu is how they do it what they like it's just all yeah yelling about like the cowardly commercial ninjas i guess they're yeah. ruining no, the sport of ninjutsu I'm terrified after the five years we've been through that this will turn into a Trump podcast. But like these fuckers are so MAGA brained. And I do feel like they have that classic fascist mindset where they're not defined by the stuff that they love, but by the their, the other. Well, this will so, floor you. I found Frank Dukes' Twitter and he's full. He's full. Chug, Trump. He's full. Yeah. Trump stuff. I, I got that from this from this podcast interview. But uh, but yeah, I, I think that's what defines more. Who these people are is who other people aren't. He sure gave like a rallying cry to this type of grifter that like has to believe their own story. Like right. I, they existed long before Trump. He didn't invent them, but he sure gave them like he gave them a king. And they all said, this guy behaves exactly like me <laughs> and my yes. many grifts that are that are only kept from monstrous success by vast conspiracies that nobody can understand. Right. And That's Frank Deuce embodies embodies the idea that like part of personal strength is imposing your really fucking stupid lie on the world and just like saying yeah everybody knows it's a lie but you have to fucking pretend it's true because i'm i will never admit it and i will sue you <laughs> under any circumstances if you would you know so it's very very trumpy that line of thinking so again uh i forgive everyone if it's gonna it's gonna come up because there's too many allegories and too many you know well, it just, to be shit. fair, it just did. <laughs> it just did. So, yeah. so this episode, it kicks off and it like it starts with the host being extremely thrilled that Frank Dukes is finally on the show. And then as far as I can tell, like I, I kept notes of it and like the first eight minutes is him talking about his beef with rival ninja schools and rival right. factions of ninjas and without ever explaining what they are or who they right. are. It's assumed that the listener, that you're all up on this obvious, this drama between the various ninja, ninja schools. Right. They don't make it approachable like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I also got the, I also got the idea that the host didn't know what the fuck he was talking about because he was just like, exactly. Yes. Like every time Frank said anything, he was just fucking you, whatever. Right, it's, not his, it's not the host's beef. Like they're both sharing yeah. their personal infighting beefs. Neither one has any clue what the other side is talking about because they just keep relating their, whatever that beef is back to their own personal beefs <laughs> and nobody comes out of it understanding anybody but they they're also mad also mad at the other ninjas so we are pivoting on the dog zone 9000 to just criticizing other podcasts yeah that's what this podcast and- <laughs> is this is a podcast about another podcast <laughs> so i love i love that we're doing it just, when you had this idea i'm like it's fucking just brilliant i love it um okay i'm telling the listeners right now there is a 97 percent chance that the ninjutsu podcast will do an episode about this yeah probably. podcast because this is like how podcasts get traffic to themselves is like you you create a beef 
And I right. don't think there are that many listeners to the Ninjutsu podcast. So if we have to then come back and do a response to that one, then I it, promise um, it will never happen. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> by the by the fifth podcast exchange, it will just be a ninja fight. We will we will have our own inexplicable beefs that we will just yell at each other about and nobody will ever be able to penetrate it. Totally, yeah, totally impenetrable to anyone who's coming in cold. <laughs> like but that's what I love about this because this is such an insulated little community and it's so clear that they don't know that. Like it's so clear that Frank Dukes assumes right. that everyone knows about his beef with the fake ninjutsu. We, we cr- criticizes them as like, like, I think, I don't know, like 10 minutes in or somewhere around there says that like Wall Street, like hijacked ninjutsu and right. with the Ninja Turtles and sold their. Uh-huh. The Hollywood version, <laughs> as if we all assumed the Ninja Turtles was an accurate representation of he what Ninjutsu ties is. The Ninja Turtles into his personal beefs from, but uh, from attacks by Big Ninja, which is nowhere near <laughs> as cool as that sounds. I love it. No, he does. He does talk about this when when he's talking about Big Ninja, but he's like, no, no, no. See, Ninjutsu is intelligence gathering at its core, and the him and the host don't agree on anything. But this is Frank Duke saying that it's just basic common sense. And those are his words. And he says there's historical documents, uh, all those things about smoke bombs and poison. And I love this because one of the things you can do to sort of prove ninjas aren't real is just be like, oh, yeah, you can't really make like a glass globe of concealment powder or, you know, like all the stuff that ninjas do in the movies and the books. Like that's that's obviously magic. And here's Frank Deuce saying, like, no, 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 just fucking look it up. It's just fucking right there. Recipes. You can find recipes for smoke bombs and poisons. And, like, that's true. Right. You can find recipes for smoke bombs sure. and poisons that, that do not work in the yeah, way they don't that work. You're... And probably wouldn't have that's, worked that's, a thousand years well, ago. Well, see, that's because the real stuff is never written down. Yes. The same breath. He, uh, when he tells you to just go fucking look it up, he tells you the real stuff is never written down. It's amazing. <laughs> like, he can't go for Automatic two seconds for without line. just fucking up his own lies. So the anyway. stuff, he makes several statements of fact, which is actually hard to to find in this because so much of it is just like he constantly keeps repeating this line about that the people trying to debunk his story are criminals, that it's a right. criminal act. He says it over and over again. I don't know Fast if he's... criminal conspiracy to is he take out the ninjas. You in this, Sean? Like, is this? Oh, yeah, almost yeah. certainly. Yeah, anyone who says Bloodsport wasn't real is a criminal, and and he gets livid. Like, uh, it's hard to even understand what he's talking about. He's so mad he doesn't make sense. But that's where his brain eventually ends up. Is that anyone questioning him is a criminal, and and he has a reasoning for it. He just has not made it clear what that reasoning is. And he winds up saying toward the end that that his critics are like literal Nazis. Absolutely. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, that's I do have a, that in my notes. That's such a uh, crazy the, fucking part. <laughs> and the, the host, there's a pause there that I love where the host is still trying to yes man him, but he's like, he was, hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess legitimacy is what Hitler invented. Yeah, Hitler okay. invented legitimacy. Right. Hitler invented legitimacy. And that all just goes back to <laughs> eugenics and the host. There's just a long pause and the host goes. Hey, and then tries to get on board. Like, okay, well, here's where we're going. I'm really learning a lot from you, Frank Dukes. (laughs) Uh, Now, Frank, I'm still talking about my notes from the very start of this podcast where he talks about his instructor who had multiple families. And he said that like he's a fucking genius for doing this. But like 
he was he was such a secret ninja man that he would like vanish on a family and then start another family like like a traveling businessman and <laughs> and that's why you couldn't find him. that's why the LA Times says they couldn't find him when they yes. looked into it because he's a ninja and he why, why he wouldn't be a very good ninja if you could find him right idiots right so <laughs> to be clear in the in the late 80s LA Times is like yeah i guess we can do an article on how bloodsport isn't real what the fuck and so they sent a reporter out to just investigate and they're like yeah there's no evidence that this dude trained under some guy named Tanaka. And Frank Dukes is like, so pissed off about that. He's like, oh, just, oh, so you can't find him so he doesn't exist? And it's like, okay, yeah, I guess. Like, couldn't he just come forward and say, yeah, I trained... Yeah, it's, it's a giant movie now. I guess everybody knows about me. I, I trained Frank It would Dukes. be so good for his, his dojo or whatever if it was... Right. If he was a real guy to just be like, I'm the guy that trained the guy it, from Bloodsport. Instant on, millionaire. It it would be bad for his seven or eight other families, though. Like, I, yeah, I, there's a he lot would have of... to deal with the reckoning from several angry ninja families, which, yeah, that's probably not a great idea, I understand. Yeah. So, in addition to having multiple families, he also brags that he uh, worked for governments. That's what That was his quote. He worked for governments. So, the phrase he used, Sean, was he worked in the intelligence industry. Oh, okay, yes. That's the phrase I wrote down. And the, in, in which he had to use his ninja skills just to keep himself alive. That's right. that's one of the few factual statements I I recorded out of this. So <laughs> he does not expound on that in detail, right? Right. The, the vagueness of that is the power of that. Like if okay. you if you're this podcast host from the Ninjutsu podcast, and you're like, oh my god, yeah, intelligence, yeah, that sounds. I'm, his brain is already evoking images of that a could super be a real spy, James Bond character. I have right. heard of intelligence. <laughs> and that's, that's again, here's another conspiracy. So we're like four conspiracies deep as to, as to why the guy from Bloodsport is not believable. And so he's, he's bringing up like, he's bringing up just owns on himself to just to like make up lies about them. And it's, it's right. astonishing the way that they don't tie into anything. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's got like these arguments for like the people that caught him in lies, and like, yeah, obviously, the none Tanaka of which are on the exist. Ninjutsu podcast. <laughs> yes, so we don't, we are hearing this, you know, I don't know, nine layers deep in the, in his fucking lasagna of conspiracies, and who knows what the fuck's going on with him. But um, so anyway, he 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 trained under this ninja with multiple families who does contract work for multiple governments, who also trains children in uh, martial arts. But the real shit, not the shit you get from a book, stuff that's magic that you can't demonstrate uh but frank does anytime someone points a camera at him he'll do something magic uh, like teaches teach teaching children a, to walk teaching a child to walk is the most magic you could do uh now hold on to be fair this this is actually good ninjas would totally take the parts that work from like faith healers to scam that is what a ninja would do that's true this, is this was not move. that though this was very much him dragging a kid across the floor <laughs> while he kind of shook his hips a little. <laughs> this this was not like the adrenaline rush or mass hypnosis or whatever goes on at those faith healing things or plants, right? Like this kid really did live in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh God, I love. I, I look forward to you guys watching that video. It is so funny, and it ends with the mom crying too. It's just it's comedically the perfect video. It is hard to overstate the the burning ball of just sheer sadness that is underneath the, the, the surface of all of this. <laughs> it is so 
there's just it's such a depressing thing to dive into because like just one millimeter under the bravado is it's a place like i don't want to go it's it's just like if you ever have been in a position in a job where you've given like job interviews i don't know if you've ever been like in a supervisory position and you'll have that guy coming in like well you know i put the references from my last job on there but you talk to them i'll tell you right now they're a bunch of liars everything they say about me like all that i'm telling you right now they've had it for me from day one and you're just like oh my god this is this is like the saddest thing this guy's trying to prepare me for what his terrible life he's led and this this podcast is this guy is so much of it is like that. It's just this endless list of grievances. Like, well, you know, I was accused of this. And it's like, well, you know, you, you go look, read, you know, news stories about me and it's going to say this, but we know the truth, don't we? And, you know, and it's always like, oh my God, what have you, what have you done? It's it just, <laughs> unless you are just already an absolute, like, zealous fan of him, you get this really just, I don't want to keep using the word depressing, but it's this very depressing portrait of somebody that is just trying to stay on top of all of the very easy debunkings of everything he's right. he said. And it's not easy to do in the information age, uh, but he's been doing it this long and there's obviously no going back now. It is amazing how not fun they made a ninjutsu podcast. Like when I first went to listen to it, I expected it to be bullshit, of course. It was, mm-hmm. But I expected it to be fun bullshit because otherwise, why do this? Why take something goofy and hilarious and obviously not true, like like being a, a ninja in the modern day and right. make it depressing and angry and just, why are you even doing this then? I, I like that Frank Dukes is constantly uh, talking about how uh, it's, it's criminally liable if if he says a lie and you can't prove it's fake and like, but like, how do you prove that mysterious invisible people don't exist? Uh, you can't. So checkmate. And by the way, that for that logic, you're welcome. All religions and superstitions and metaphysics. Like basically if Frank Dukes is right about this, you can be wrong about everything. And I, there's, there's something kind of beautiful about that. So (laughs) for example, and and again, Again, I, I don't want to take you off your, if, if you have like a list of points you want to hit, Sean, but like 28 min- minutes into this show, the evidence he presents, and if you've ever like like argued with like a young earth creationist, you, you'll recognize this, where he says that his contract with the Bloodsport people yes. said that they don't have the right to fictionalize the events. Right. That they have to to only portray them in the movie as they happen, and that this is proof that all of those things happened. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because we all know how a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, how st- studiously they're going to research, of course, the true life events so they don't accidentally misrepresent. Like the journalistic standards of that studio, <laughs> we, we all we all are familiar, and he he throws us out there like. Like it's his trump card. Mm-hmm. It's like checkmate nerds. You know, how can anything I say be be untrue? Because if it was untrue, it would be literally against the law because I signed a contract with the studio that said that they can't portray anything that didn't really happen. I love that so much. And I think he sued them because they made a second blood sport, which obviously fictionalized it because he didn't, he didn't go to blood sport and turn into, or he didn't go back to the tournament and turn into a different guy. I don't know, but. 
But that was a really funny part to me too that he that he pulls up this thing that's 100% not proof of fucking anything and yet just sits back smugly. You can <laughs> I love that he he included the that they only have the rights to use the name of the movie. And if they want to make a remake, it has to be a shot for shot, word for word remake. <laughs> like they just have to film every scene again. Implying but, that everything said in that movie is an actual transcript of what the real life people said. Provided, his, of course, by Frank Dukes. Yes. As, as, as American you, shithead who makes tricks with bricks. Don't you change a syllable of that. You're not allowed that to happened. change a single word of that. That's what he said. You're not allowed to change a single yeah, word. Yeah, the same that. as if you know, if you're working for the New York Times and you're quoting a senator, you're not allowed to just, you know, paraphrase. You've got to actually include word for word to quote, or else, you know, you're in trouble. That's exactly the same way that Jean Claude Van Damme movies work. They operate under the exact same rules. <laughs> and Only we have a to fool would say otherwise. Time cop you know, word for word. Yeah, that's a real <laughs> Uh, what I love about this whole story is that he said that there's 329 victories he had in those two tournaments, right? Obviously, that means that there's, you know, more people in this tournament than there are atoms in the universe. But that means that in the late 80s, like any random yellow belt could have said like, yeah, I was one of the other guys at the Kumite and Frank Dukes is wrong. And then he would have been the new ninja star. Like that's all it would have taken. And nobody did it. We make fun of Frank Dukes for for this stupid lie. But like, how dare everyone else not also make a stupid lie? He opened you up for a world of lies. There could have been a whole new world of lies. How are we just now getting to this vast world of lies in the modern day? Oh, man. It would be so amazing if one of us has to make like an anonymous account and come out and say that we were in that tournament and that actually Frank Dukes came in second. And that was the, I'm the actual winner. And that we and that if he doubts it, then we're going to sue him because... Yes. If you can't prove that what we're saying isn't true, then you have to accept it as true or else you're a criminal. And they gave the me Duke's two logic. swords. That's one more sword than he has. <laughs> you can't get katana by stealing. That's what we learned from Bloodsport. So if they hold two katanas, that's proof because Bloodsport is word for word true. Uh, there's another uh, thing that he brought up in the podcast about proof where he was talking about how he has all these fight tapes. But all these criminals have always been trying to prove that Bloodsport was fake, so they kept breaking into his karate studio, and so they <laughs> stole the fight, tapes, the fight tapes. Which is which is awesome because he there's so many people in that fucking tournament. Why do they only tape one guy in one fight, and why didn't his opponent also get a copy of that tape? Ah, oh, you see, because ninjutsu is recording. Oh yeah, that's fundamentally that's a what big part of ninjutsu is, is recording, uh, and then erasing all the tapes except for one tape. And then giving it to Frank Dukes. But he also said he tried to bring those tapes to the LA Times before yes. they were stolen, of course. And they just ignored them completely and wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't even wouldn't look at them. them. And then, then, of course, they were stored in, an, in a vault, in the karate vault uh, that, that all ninjas have. <laughs> and then were stolen by ninja bandits, rival ninja bandits. I assume they wore different color ninja outfits. Like maybe the blue ninjas took them. Right. Sons the of blue bitch, ninja clan. Blue ninjas. Motherfucking now, Frank, blue ninjas. Frank Dukes, uh, I'm going to get some of the details wrong on this, so please don't sue me, Frank Dukes. But like, he has a history of um, weird storage uh, mishaps. Because uh, when he was making the quest with Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is, uh, it's basically Bloodsport meets Bloodsport. 
with a few Bloodsport elements. And so he came up with the story by credit in that movie because he was the one who came to Jean-Claude and said, we should make Bloodsport again. Which again, great idea. And so Jean-Claude Van Damme said, sweet idea. Uh, I will give you like 20% of the gross. Like that, they had some sort of agreement that is unprecedented in Hollywood history. That's is insane. It? Yeah, it was a really high number. And again, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's exactly right. So I expect a lawsuit soon. But uh, that went to court because he's like, hey, where's my fucking 20% of the gross? Jean-Claude Van Damme owes me $1,700. And then uh, <laughs> he said that the documents proving this were in a safe that got destroyed in a fire. And it was a sort of a weird rare fire that only destroys safes and no other part of your house. Safe fire, and so, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, you know, a safe fire. Great. And so that was, was like, that big recall on exploding safes back in the 80s. Right. And that's, of course, how, what he stored these, this napkin that said, I owe you all the money, Jean Claude Van Damme. And uh, once that was destroyed, then I guess that was the proof. But there's court. I watched a court video 15 years back, whenever, of, of this whole thing. And I thought, what a fascinating lie that, that this guy has a special piece of paper that says, Jean Claude owes him money that got destroyed in a fire that did no other damage to his entire house. And I'm going to go it's, to court on that, right? On, on that on that specific lie, to a room full of people whose job it is to detect lies and who see lies every day. Uh, that's where he's going to bring up that just fucking entry level remedial lie. Like that's a third grader trying to get out of trouble, and uh, <laughs> then he calls like all the non ninjas a cult. He's like, that's just like they're a cult, fucking. So. I, I believe he calls everything a cult. He calls the yeah. other ninjas uh, are certainly a cult, and the big big ninja is a cult. I'm not sure how a big ninja is a massive industry and a cult, but it is. Also said that his wife broke the story on the Nexium cult, the one that HBO did that miniseries about. Do you know what that is? Is I his wife a famous journalist? It's, yeah, he says his wife is an investigative journalist, which, again, is a terrible thing for a ninja. Like, that's a really bad... <laughs> bad decision right. on a ninja's that's, part maybe that's how they met not going to disparage her career i don't know years. but i'm just saying at you as a ninja have made a very poor decision but like we don't know what like does she work is that true is he married to like a, a, a reporter for the new york times or something or is, is that just is that also something he just pulled out of his uh i'm looking it up i have no idea uh, what if it is like a deep cover thing and she has been dating him and married him to try to find Tanaka. Yeah, to try to <laughs> uncover this legacy of ninjutsu. Well, you, under, you understand why I'm asking to follow up on that? Because if so, if that's true, that is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> if she's like a serious, like award-winning journalist, now, and she's married to Frank Dukes based on the strength of you fell in love with him due to his being a legendary fell in uh, love with him ninja. during the kumite which was the plot of bloodsport <laughs> is she the lady from bloodsport i think frank dukes talks about this this part of the podcast which i really loved is like the financial benefits of ninjutsu for everyone else and how like big ninjas like doing all this stuff they're putting like ninjas on hats but like ninjas, ninjas on about... a freaking blender man yeah you believe <laughs> charging that charging money <laughs> charging money for a blender with the word ninja. And he's like, he just keeps telling to look at the historical documents. Um, it, it, ninjutsu isn't a martial art. It's it's just whatever ninjutsu is, he never quite lands on it, which I think is really funny. 
Um, yeah, it's it's definitely not a martial art. It's it's like an <laughs> it's an add-on course for martial yeah, arts, I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's a little like supplemental a... course, like a little <laughs> code certification. Uh, it's like, tradecraft. It's an art. Yeah. It's a big secret. But also, but you can just look at the just document. Just fucking also, go look it up. It's also an upsell for martial arts. Like you can just right. throw in another twenty-five dollars and get the ninjutsu. It's the he weather sealer of martial arts. Complains that about that. I guess parkour. That he's like, well, I was doing parkour before there was parkour. Like, like complaining yeah. that parkour got adopted and turned into like the sport that you charge people money to watch and do or learn. <laughs> I have no idea. He's so mad about everything. <laughs> I was doing parkour before, before there was parkour. I was doing ninjutsu before there was ninjutsu. Is what he says. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that works since he says he since had a he master was... and they're. Yeah, they discuss like ancient families. He said you can read like read the old manuscripts. Did you write? Are you immortal? <laughs> he traced it all the way back to like Jacob from the Bible and the Israeli spies. Like it's just like he's. No, we're gonna have to dig into that whole part now. Yeah, okay. But he was bragging about how he never put out DVDs and he could have made a fortune putting out Frank Duke's DVDs. I believe he also said that he could have invented MMA. He didn't invent MMA, but he could have. Well, he was the grand champion of MMA before it was uh, MMA. It literally, that's his whole origin yeah. story, is that he was in an MMA tournament with multiple styles. Like, like yeah. with the first MMA fights were like, were they not promoted as, hey, this is like Bloodsport, except... They were exactly Bloodsport. Yeah. They were Bloodsport yeah. the movie. We watched UFC 1, and it was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it does not play out the way Bloodsport the movie does. It, it turns did out that not look anything like Bloodsport. <laughs> many, many martial arts styles are not anything, it turns out. Right. Uh, but that, we don't have to repeat that whole podcast. But, but yeah, that, that's literally what he's saying, is that, that yeah... That all of this stuff comes from him. But he has this thing. He's one of those guys who is constantly boasting. And then every third sentence is something like, well, I don't, you know, I don't glorify it. You know, I, I don't, I don't find this romantic. You know, when I was doing this intelligence work, doing ninja work on behalf of the secret government agencies, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't brag about that because those of us who did it, you know, it, it, it's not something, you know, it, it's, if you were really there, you know, you don't romanticize it. And it's like his whole career, he, like, he literally made it into a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> right. Just, just from bragging. Hey, a Jean-Claude Van Damme documentary. A docu- yeah, literally a documentary. You know, it should not be in the fiction section of the video. A reenactment. Store. I was going to say that he's in the middle of this, like, really braggy, like, temper tantrum. And he's talking about how ninja training is about humbling yourself and like fucking if you can't control your anger, you fucking assholes, you fail as a ninja. <laughs> and he's like <laughs> the whole, whole podcast like, is just being mad at everybody that he's, he's ever talking, met. <laughs> but he's talking about how a ninja has to like consort with the enemy. Those were his words. And he's like, you can't do that if like you lose your cool anytime someone says like so and so, and you're like, oh, oh, it's insanity. I and, see. I thought that he was being metaphorical, where you have to like you use ninjutsu to go. Consort with the enemy army. And then in that section, he says, but you'll if you lose your cool while you're there, they'll turn on you. And you're like, oh, so you were being literal about using ninjutsu to infiltrate enemy armies <laughs> right. in this argument about people hate you. So you were going to infiltrate big the army of big ninja that is ruining ninjutsu. <laughs> right. And he says it's just ninjas just like outlines of how to do stuff, right? Like poisons and all that. And like I defend said, myself with poisons. It's a thing he wrote, actually says. I wrote that down too. I defend myself with poisons. <laughs> he 
defends himself uh, with poisons. And the host is like, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah exactly, Mr. Frank Dukes. <laughs> because what else would you say? I'd say you fucking, did you just say you defend yourself with poisons? <laughs> I have a lot of respect for you two, but if either one of you said you defend yourself with poisons, I would have follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I believe there would be some legal ramifications for you defending yourself with poisons. <laughs> I don't think that's that's quite kosher there. So uh, the thing I was, when listening through this and trying to get through all the sad parts, I was trying to write down specifics, specific tangible claims. Things mm-hmm. that, that he's you could you know, look up or maybe compare to reality, and I only found two actual tips for how to do ninjutsu, like things that. And okay. I think Sean, you said the same thing. Yeah, he only had two tips. I think the entire show, and they were the, they were great though. I wrote them both down. Mm-hmm. I let's, wrote down. Let's hear I, I certainly wrote down that you should always carry different colored socks that match various walls. I believe the exact color you want to look for, super rare, is Navajo white socks. Apparently they match a lot of walls. Because as you're sneaking, you can, I guess, take them off and use them to conceal your hands against a, a wall, but, but then not your ankle. Your ankles you will have to sacrifice. But you will be invisible. Now, some of the listeners at home or in your cars are trying to get a mental image of what that tip would entail. Like, how does that work? There's no, there's not one more word of explanation (laughs) to that. The host did not ask. Frank Dukes did not, did not elaborate on it. He simply said tips, you know, things that ninjutsu teach. Like, for instance, you bring a variety of collars of socks with you. So that you can put them on your hands to to match whatever the color of the wall is to, for concealment. I have a question. Do you think you store those socks in like a bandolier? Like a <laughs> bandolier of socks. Yeah, where do the many balls of socks go on you? Is it just they, a backpack? Because then what do you do the with cargo the backpack? Pant, the cargo pants on your ninja pants. The cargo pockets. Just bulging with socks of various colors. <laughs> Just, I mean, and one errant laundry day where you throw a red in there and his entire martial art is destroyed. You've just destroyed thousands of years of ancient secrets. <laughs> and again, the issue is not that I think that this is untrue. The issue is I can't figure out what the lie is. I can't right. figure out what, like, I, like sometimes when people, Sean, you wrote a whole column about this years ago about how you can tell like a fake fight story. Like you can tell somebody's never mm-hmm. been in a fight before right. by how they describe it because they're going based on what they've seen in movies, right? Like they, they sure. here, I can't tell what Frank Dukes is picturing in his mind. <laughs> I, I what think a disaster if a fight does break out and you have fucking socks on your hands. Like you that's have socks a and significant hands. disadvantage. Or you Sock need to do. Foo. Literally anything else, pick up something or anything. Nice. You've 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 constrained your hands in socks. <laughs> you're imagining a scenario where only your hands are visible, uh-huh. but the rest of your body is not. Only your hands match the wallpaper. So right. full body sock. I can't figure out what he's mentally picturing if he's thinking of what because. Right, is it just to help your hand sneak 
in place of just your hands is sneaking the around. Rest of you in the uh, like a closet and just Behind your hands curtain, are out. Like you just got like a little hand poking out. Yeah, but to, then why do you need your hands poking out? If there's a curtain there, you can just be entirely behind the curtain. Like there, you want them on your feet. Right. That's I mean, when you want just, you want socks on your feet that match the wall. You don't want them on your hands. We're yeah, we're revealing our our idiot ninjutsu. We're just such beginners. We we don't even understand. But say he has the ninja suit. Does he also have to switch that to the Navajo white ninja suit? Because he said the words Navajo white. Specific color that, that you need to look for. That the rest of you is already Navajo white, except your hands. Now, so I, I guess, but, but it also doesn't extend to the socks. I, I don't know. It, it's I, I want for those of you out there who are, if you want to pursue a career, this is unrelated to Frank Dukes, but if you want to become like an elaborate storyteller of some kind and make that your personality. By far the best way to sell people on a fake story is to throw in oddball little details. Right. Like if you lie and say you got pulled over by the cops on your way somewhere, throw in the detail that the cop had like a huge mustache. Because it, what the listener thinks is, well, why would you make that up? This is something every fiction writer knows. You throw in these odd little details. So Frank Duke's throwing in the detail that, one, you carry a bunch of socks with you. And Got then the two, that, that Navajo white is by far the most useful. That's a thing that he has learned. You throw that in there, that's yeah. going to, it's going to sound like, oh, you, like, why would you, you make that up? Where yeah, you, you where, where would that even about. come from? Yeah. But the problem is thing. it doesn't, yeah. there's no coherent narrative for it to tie to. Like it doesn't, it doesn't help his case in my mind. Yeah. You can't pull on that thread at all. Uh, there's another story he told that, that I made note of um, where he talks about uh, like ninja clans in Japan. And he talks about how they used to kill left-handed babies in Japan. <laughs> I could, I could find no evidence of this, but uh, what would, what would happen is they, some people didn't want their babies to die. So they would leave their child at, I quote a certain place. And then that child would be, and again, I quote gathered. And then they would grow up to be a ninja. Like Adopted was, by ninjas. They had a, yes. a special ninja adoption rock in every village. <laughs> and you would leave them there. And here's here's why the ninjas adopted them. Because they would teach them to hide themselves in, in polite society by using their right hand. God, it's so, so they awesome. teach them. Only ninjas could teach you to be right-handed. So, so this grown man talking to another grown man says, yeah, they used to kill left-handed babies in Japan. And if, some, if you didn't want your left-handed baby to die, you leave it in the woods. Ninjas would take it, raise it to be a ninja. And the host who hear, who hears all of this uh-huh. says, right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah as we, Everybody as knows. we yes. all know. <laughs> so the other actual tangible tip that I wrote down that he shared was that he had learned to self-hypnotize so that he could hide in a ceiling for days without sweating or any other bodily functions giving him away. Like you well, turn now, off. Well, that right. wasn't that wasn't a tip. That was his explanation. Uh, he he says at some point that the ninjas are into a cult, and he thinks that's silly. So that's that's great that there's something he thinks is silly. Uh, but the ninjas are into the occult, and he he still opened himself up to learning about that. And what he discovered was really what they were doing was self-hypnosis. So all of Ninja's magic spells are real, but they're really just self-hypnosis to help you just go dead for like days so you can hide somewhere without, I believe he says, 
burping to give yourself away. Yeah, without, it was shutting off all bodily functions for days, meaning you stop your digestion, you stop. Again, his specific example was to stop yourself from sweating. So your body's ability to regulate heat, which is what sweating you know, is, sure. you're sure turning that. that off too, that that's something that ninjas know how to do. So that if you're up in the rafters of a room for, as he said, days waiting for to drop down on somebody, I guess, to kill them, waiting for them to show up. That's pretty standard. Ninja, ninja magic plan. is just self-hypnosis. But there is ceiling. ninja magic. Right. Just look it up. Just look at the historical documents. But again, they don't write down the real shit. Train word for word by Tanaka. So if that wasn't one of the other te- one of the techniques, what was the other one that you had for him? Uh, he explains at one point that uh, he trained uh, one of his students that got jumped by five guys. And uh, what he did was he ran <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, that's the one. Which, uh, again, is a, if you jump by five guys, that's a good strategy. And then he used cover, so he hid, which, again, uh-huh. good strategy. Didn't realize that was ninjutsu. But then what he did, the specific tip, was he went in a house and he slammed a door and then ran away from it to distract yes. them so that they think that that's the door. That that classic Looney Tunes bathing. <laughs> Yeah. Looney Tunes ninjutsu, everybody. That was the tip I wrote down, that you go to a door and you slam it, but then you don't go into that home. Yeah. You go a different direction. And I'm like, I, it seems practical. It just seems like something like you can't get out of first grade without like coming up with. You literally can't get out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Like that's, right. That's how they get Elmer Fudd. Huh. So that was too sad for me to write down as an example. <laughs> yeah. I no, thought... I can see. I can yeah. see that. All right. I got that. And he mentions, finally, the last note I had is, like, toward the end of the podcast, like 50 minutes in, he mentions that he wasn't formally trained, or that that this is, I guess, his issue is that he can't document his training. He doesn't have have a certificate, I guess, is what he was saying. Right. But that he didn't need formal training because he realized that when you look at all styles of martial arts, you eventually realize that there are really only 12 angles of attack. (laughs) That can right, occur. He, that, this is where uh, recording is ninjutsu. He said ninjutsu was recording. It's information gathering. So what he did right. was he ninja recorded all of the various masters of each style and discovered through careful examination there are only 12 attack vectors. <laughs> so if you, if you memorize those 12, you're invincible. And that's just biomechanics. Yeah, it's just science. Which is what but, ninjutsu is. It's just science. Which is... Uh, which is Gunkata. You, it's you just invented Gunkata from Equilibrium. Ninjutsu is just sandwiches. Okay. So, has he ever, and again, Sean, you've done more homework on this man than I, has he ever anywhere else listed the 12 angles of attack? Because again, if you or I were hosting the Ninjutsu podcast, <laughs> one, right. it would be a different show, but, but two, we would follow up and say, oh, that sounds interesting, Frank right. Dukes. What are the 12 angles of attack for our listeners? Whereas, of course, in this show, he throws that out there and then just immediately skips on the next thing. And at best, the host, I don't know what his reaction was, something like, right, or something. Right. He of says course. right over and over. Of course, over. Just right. the 12, of course. The 12, 12, the 12 angles. Dirty I think the idea of the, these guys actually fighting is so ludicrous. But when I hear 12 vectors, I'm like, does that mean like two straight punches, Two round punches, two round kicks, two front kicks. Like I'm trying to think, like all of the human attacks that that Frank Dukes has like. I think God, he meant only... literal angles. I think they're that you have to memorize like twelve positions on your on your body 
relative to somewhere else, and that's the only 12 places that an attack could come from. But I feel like even a child knows there's more than 12 degrees from which someone could attack you. And, no. And I think just everyone knows everyone has four limbs, and each of the limbs can do kind of an unlimited number of things. I, I, I would I would want to know what the fuck he means by the 12 degrees. You clearly seconds. haven't yeah. studied Duke's Rio Karate. I mean, well, sure, but... <laughs> <laughs> but just practically, what does that mean? I'm fighting a man. I know the 12 vectors. How do I... Def- what, is, what the fuck does that look like? Do I stand... Is there, of attack. Do I stand a certain way? And I'm like, okay, I blocked six of them. Now I need to just be cognizant of the other yeah. six. I okay, mean, that's that what Gunkata... You've seen Gunkata from Equilibrium. You just stand, you pose, you vogue a certain way, and then they <laughs> can't hit you. And then you hit them, and then you vogue a certain way. I, I just feel like... Like, even on your first day of boxing class, they, like, show you how to hold your hands to sort of minimize the number of things that can hit you if you just stay like this. I'm so, going to try voguing. I'm yeah. going to go to a boxing gym and just vogue, and I'm going to see their fucking minds get blown out of their skulls as they just like, wildly whiff around me. He's adopted the style of Madonna. Also has just now occurred to me for the first time in all the many years since the movie came out, how do you practice gunkata? to get good at it <laughs> you you practice those poses that's what i'm saying you just <laughs> right, pose. You're, you do this pose are you practicing just with paintballs like how do you because you have to get hit like other martial arts you have to get hit to learn how to to block but gunkata is where your 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 punches are bullets paintball seems a little fun for that uh, maybe maybe just rocks i think you're thinking too practically about it like if you're doing a kata, like even in traditional martial arts, you don't have an opponent. It's, it's all imaginary. So I think that's. Oh, okay. So you're just imagining other bullets missing you. Just like Frank Dukes imagines all 12 victors. Before we duck out of the, the <laughs> entirely into the equilibrium podcast, I was just trying to steer us back from. Because I, I can talk about equilibrium for easily an hour. We will make a note right. to do another episode about that movie. Because we yeah, already. I, have. I, I, Oh, you have. We did actually talk about that once. <laughs> we can do it again. <laughs> no, it's it's all right. Uh, no, it, it, that that's 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 fine. Uh, very very briefly, Sean. I know there's there's somehow a lot more to cover here, but to someone who's never been in a fight since childhood, the theory that you could just look at all the martial arts and just say, well, they're kind of all doing the same thing because a human has two hands right. and two feet, and uh-huh. so I'm going to boil it down to. Just like take what they all teach and just kind of, to me, that sounds totally reasonable. I'm not being sarcastic. Like if, uh-huh. as someone who doesn't fight and I don't watch MMA, it does feel like by now it would just have evolved to, well, like these are the blocks that actually maximize, you know, like there's not, when you watch boxers, they don't have wildly different techniques. They all kind of, sure. to an untrained person, they look like they're doing the exact same thing. The way you guard, the way you move. It's all very standardized. So what he's saying there sounds reasonable to a novice, which I think that's who it's supposed to sound reasonable to. Yeah, okay. But well, is is it nonsense what he's saying? I would say it's 110% nonsense, yeah. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like huh? just the idea that uh, every, anyone who's see, ever seen UFC knows that like takedowns are a thing. So like if you're saying, hey, there's 12 vectors of attack, you're like, okay, which one of those end with them tackling me? Or end with them like grabbing a foot or something. And so, like, if you're saying if a guy has a stick, there's 12 ways for him to hit you with it. Maybe you're kind of getting close to reasonable, but uh, 
the idea of like a a person who might just like jump on your chest and bite you like does that count as one of the vectors does that it it doesn't if that's all i know about it i'm gonna say that the person saying that is a fucking idiot ah see that's why wilt chamberlain did that in conan the destroyer he he knew yeah. conan knew all the 12 attack vectors exactly and the 13th attack vector is bite tackle <laughs> If the, any of you listening have followed this, you're here because of the link I gave you on my socials. The previous three episodes of this show, you guys yeah. were, were Sean Brockway and Lydia Bug watching the Conan, the Barbarian movies, the Schwarzenegger movies, and Lydia had never seen them before. Please go listen to those after you listen <laughs> to this because they are magical. And Sean's Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. It's like six out of ten. Easy. His his greatest talent, whatever else he does in his life. His he Arnold also has a killer Mako and a great Malik. Less, less marketable. His Arnold. Because <laughs> those people I've never, I, I've not heard before. His his Arnold is, is spectacular and it's worth it just, just for that. That's so sweet. I'm not going to do it now, but like, I really appreciate that. If you started no, you doing it now, it would it would derail this. Even they would have no than... reason to go listen to the other podcasts. See, now we're we're selling them. Mm-hmm. Never, you're never allowed to do it again. If you guys ever had like a ton of spare time, if you just did like a commentary for any Arnold movie with Sean doing it as Arnold Schwarzenegger the whole God, time, that would be so fun. I would I would pay hundreds of dollars for that myself. <laughs> like it would be worth it just for what I would pay to listen to it. Here's why I'm a robot. What did and you I, do? I, now I go through my landlord's being a dick, so I go through all my options, and I select, uh, <laughs> fuck you, asshole. God damn it. You ruined our entire scheme. <laughs> okay, okay, back to Frank Dukes. I, I, I'm very bad at about taking podcasts off subject. This is, I think it's this fine. is the danger of having me on the show. I, I believe... Yeah, I believe we were on the part where he says the Jews invented samurai and also ninjas. A theory so convoluted, I can't tell if it's racist or not. It seems a little racist. (laughs) If we're taking votes, I vote racist. Well, the theory, of course, is that you can... God, where do you even start? Because he starts saying why he invented this term shidoshi. Which I, oh, I assume the real story is that in the 1980s, you could just make up a Japanese word and everybody would be uh-huh. like, yeah, sounds like it. And that's it. That's what he did. <laughs> and that's what he did. But what it really what it really means is that she, of course, represents the number four in Japanese. And right. Do is Korean, represents the four ways uh, that he described earlier of being dead to the world. And the last right. she is Chinese for corpse. So what it really means is the four ways of the dead being dead to the temptations of the world altogether it's across Japan, Korea, and China. So you see that I've had 30 years to try to think of a reason for, for why somebody <laughs> called me out on this lie I told and that they put in a movie and I, and I didn't think to correct myself. I but really like he, this because obviously like it's, it's such like... Um, almost racist like martial arts fans idea of wisdom where he's like yeah i just took like a korean word and a japanese word and a chinese word and i threw them all into one and i'm like kind of wise that way i'm kind of like a man <laughs> of the world that way and like uh so i love that but also his shidoshi was tanaka that's in the movie Bloodsport, where he goes who cares if bruce springsteen is his shidoshi but like uh 
so if Tanaka is his Shidoshi and Shidoshi is something he admits he just made up in the last 20 years, like another giant part of his story just fell apart. Oh man, I can't wait for the response podcast where he has a 20 minute (laughs) (laughs) explanation. I just gave Frank Duke something to do for fucking six weeks. Unless my theory is true and he's immortal and he taught it to his own master. Right. that, That makes sense. Anyway, this this is all to get to. This is so you can track. That's why you can also track ninjutsu from Japan to Korea right. to China, and then from there to the Middle East and all the way back to Mesopotamia. You can follow it back to Jacob and the spies in the land of Israel, and yep. that's why Jews invented ninjutsu. And I think he kind of tried to track the concept of sneaking through, yeah. and he was like, "That's ninja." That's Nietzsche. So the okay. first people to think of sneaking were the Jews. There's sort of a theme every time he opened his mouth about like the proud tradition of ninjutsu. And I feel like he went into this podcast thinking he was going to have a historical discussion about just all of ninjutsu. And I think he thinks of himself as a very wise ninjutsu man coming in to teach the young kids about like the history of ninjutsu. So uh, most of the time he's babbling. Uh, which I can relate to. I like to babble, but like this, this has nothing to do with anything that they were discussing, as far as I know, other than they were talking about how samurais were very rigid and the ninjas were like fucking cool and they would use guns. And the, as the host said, um, rat feces potions. And those are his words. Uh, the ninjas were awesome and they would use rat feces. He got so excited uh, at that part. He was so yeah. excited to unveil his rat feces potions to to frank dukes who just who didn't even appreciate it yeah in a way this is kind of my nightmare that someone one day will go through one of our podcasts and like write down all the dumb shit i say when i'm like excited but um but it is a fascinating podcast of somebody who doesn't know anything about anything talking to a guy who's making up everything about everything and uh nobody learns anything unqualified and uninterested in, in yes. learning anything more and following up and expanding on anything, just just here to go, uh-huh, right? Yeah, Frank Dukes, uh-huh. <laughs> Big Ninja, you say? The cult of Big Ninja yeah, is, is, out there. is ruining the presidency, you say? <laughs> okay. Hitler but... invented legitimacy, you say? <laughs> so when people say you're not a real ninja, that's Hitler shit. So... <laughs> So he has now to circle back now that the, the listeners have heard us explain what went on in this extremely baffling podcast. If you've listened to us summarize this podcast episode and you're like, man, I still can't figure out what exactly transpired there. I promise you going and listening to it will not help you. Yeah, it will. It will. Well, you have had expert notes of people trying to explain it to you. Yeah. If you listen it, to the source material, it'll. It's dangerous for you. It literally is just Frank Deuce is hopping from talking point to talking point, just without anything connecting the two, and he's answering questions that nobody asked. That right. that are things like he has all these grievances and all the stuff that he wanted to come in and, and voice and all that. And I guess this is just what a Frank Duke's interview sounds like. At the risk of uh, bringing us down, I. I went to to Frank Dukes' Twitter, where he is just a humorless maggot chud all the way through. How uh, many followers does he have? Like a thousand. Uh, <sighs> the inventor of blood spurt only has a thousand followers? Yeah. 
Damn. Yeah, I don't I don't want to pick on anybody from their follower count since that doesn't matter, but also you had 30 years and you invented Bloodsport. Anyway, uh, I, I didn't find any bright spots or anything funny except for a picture that I'm going to share with you now in our Discord. All right, I've got to take him on. you got to enlarge it. Prepare myself. Oh, no. He, he photoshopped the aviators. Oh. It's a picture Why? of him looking into the camera has photoshopped <laughs> a pair of aviators. I guess he couldn't afford aviators, but wanted to look like he wears them. And then photoshopped in uh, stills from Bloodsport of Van Damme. Again, not him. Van Damme screaming in each of the aviators. But Van Damme is playing him in the movie. And in his eyes. Just incredible. What a picture. I want to thank you for sharing that with me. We'll... Uh... I don't have a way that that like ties back into society or anything. (laughs) I just liked it. No, I mean, if it it doesn't have to, I guess, but look, anybody out there, any kind of martial art, any classes you can take, anything that you can learn to do and then master and just get good at. If that's something that the nerds of the world can go out and do and it's like a discipline you can learn or practice that is almost universally good for you. As long as you don't actually think it will help you win a fight. I think that's the most dangerous part of martial arts. People thinking it, it, Oh, if I, if a guy bugs me, if I'm in, if I'm in the club and some guy slaps my girl on the butt, you know, I'm going to whip out the Taekwondo. It's like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Um, but you know that's like a universal good in the world. It's just learning a thing, even if it's if it's ballroom dancing, something. The lessons you can do and practice and steadily get better at. That's something that a lot of people miss out on. I feel like, and and their lives are worse for it. So if that's all he was doing, then I wouldn't care. I wouldn't even care about him claiming to be the basis for the movie Bloodsport if that helps inspire his students to want to learn. You know, again, if as long as he's not claiming that this will let you win a kumite which is not not a, a an underground kumite which is not a thing it's that his whole personality is it appears at least from this it's all about just yelling at people who dare question this patently ridiculous story it's, right it's hard it's hard to get it because look it, we're in a, in a place as a culture where like organized religion has kind of collapsed like the number of people who don't attend a church of some kind has gone down and so it, it's it's very clear people are looking for something this is why guys like jordan peterson all of these self-help gurus are so huge on the internet because yeah these people are somebody's adrift they're looking for somebody that even just telling them the basics of like self-control and discipline and organizing your life. It's like, yeah, somebody's got to do it, yeah. but that's not what this is. <laughs> this is, this is not that. And yeah, uh, it's th- not even th- like it's made him rich as far as I can tell. Right. Like he's not, he sues a lot of people for actual money, which does not imply that he's doing okay. But on the other hand, blood sport. Yeah. Like whatever problems this guy has, like he still gave us blood sport, which is so much more joy than, most people have given the world. So anyway, I just want to end the podcast by having us all say thank you, Frank Dukes. <laughs> well, that was actually the last point I wrote down was, is he like a gifted storyteller? Like he came up with Bloodsport. He's certainly the best liar. Why, well, but I'm saying that why, why not just, could he make a career of 
writing karate movies. Like, why not just do that? Like, why? Well, he did have a you second chance, and he wrote Bloodsport again. The quest is he just, just had Bloodsport. He just had Bloodsport. Blood one Bloodsport in him. Some survivors. which again, I will say, is enough. Yeah, yeah. It's be- okay. better than what any of us have inside of us. Yeah, it's true. He made up that story about killing left-handed babies. That's something. This is a great. Uh, this is actually a great cautionary tale for anyone. Any writers out there, sometimes if you go too deep into the lore, you're just making it worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> for example, you know, like Ridley Scott, if he just stopped with Alien, that would have been better than trying to give us Prometheus and everything else. It's right. like this This is his his attempt to expand his own lore just kept <laughs> digging himself <laughs> deeper and deeper. The left-handed, the ninjas raising left-handed babies. Is Frank Dukes is Prometheus? Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. Einstein Hunter Frankfurt. It's a podcast canals. Und mit maximalem Schau. Doc Frankfurt podcast. Correct. Yeah. The craft is nicht trapped, is nicht ohne. Schick die in die Hundezone. Vier eine Stunde. Komm schon, du kennst die Nummer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 1900 hot dog dancers. These are your Supremes. Three Finger Louie, Adam Ruth, Adrian H. Ooh, doing the robot, it's Aiden Mua. Alpha Scientist Javo, Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyranin, Brandon Garlock, Brianne Whitney, Chase McPherson. Children love the meat miller, yes they do. Oh, hey, also doing the robot, it's Chris Brower, Dan Bush. The artist, formerly known as Devin. The laziest man on Mars, Dean Costello. Dr. Awkward. Hey, it's Eric Spalding. Oh, hey, a third robot. It's Fancy Shark. Hi, Fancy Shark. Haraka. Jaber L. Aiden. Jamie Gordon. Jeremy Neal. Next up, it's the J Squad. That's right. Dance troupe within a dance troupe. Here's uh, John. John McCammon. John Minkoff. Josh Fabian. Josh S. That's your J Squad. K&M. Lyman. Mark. Matt Riley, hey Mike Styles, Moju, ND, stop, stop doing the robot ND, we have enough, Neil Bailey, Neil Schaefer, Nick Ralston, Nick H, Patrick Herbst, Holly Poisuo, Rhea, uh, Rhea, come on, the stage is crowded with robots here, I'm dying, Rich Joslin, Timmy Leahy, Toasty God, Tom Sekula, Yosarian, Zachary Evans, Zadarfan, and Flamenco dancing for us tonight, it's Matt Cortez, that's Fuck, that's the robot, Matt. God damn it.